It's time for the Masters of the Universe Chronicles commentary, focusing on a classic episode as we join the hosts, Chris Vint and James Etock, and hear their thoughts on their chosen episode. Uh, Lanny, could you help me with a problem? Sure, Arco. I can never remember anything. How do actors learn their speeches? By rehearsing, we practice saying them again and again. Well, that's what you have to do if you're trying to remember something from school. Say it to yourself over and over again. Rehearse it in your mind just like an actor. Say goodbye, say goodbye, say goodbye. What are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to remember to say goodbye. Bye! It worked! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Masters of the Universe Chronicles commentary, your bonus episode every month. And uh, I always have a partner in crime because, you know, like, hidden underground, you know, UK's most wanted and all that there for like stealing information from Wikipedia and just keeping it all to himself. So, Mr. James Talk, hello to you, sir. That's me, the thief of Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I think Wikipedia probably steals from you. I think it's the other way around, oh, perhaps. That's true. I wish I wish Wikipedia was more reliable, to be honest. But it's uh, it's edited all the time. It's yeah, terrible. Um, like uh, especially a certain part whenever somebody thought somebody was dead. What was that? Ric Flair. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's. Uh, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> so, what episode of discussion discussing today? If my mouth would work, we are discussion. <laughs> I'm discussing. I'm talking like Stratos. We're doing Sean Connery. We are yeah. discussing the mystery of many faces. Yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes. Um, oh, sorry, you can uh, you can run with this one. I'll just uh, sit back. Like, like well, I'll it. not be able to go. Well, here we see Manny Face, and he appeared in certain up episodes. It's easy, just do it. <laughs> no, it's not because you'd be like, actually, Chris, I think you'll find that it's incorrect because here we see this here, which was using this one here. So, um, if we get ready with the countdown, so three, two, one, play. He man punches the screen, bang! So violent. Which obviously he wasn't, but a lot of people said that he was quite violent. You know, people who'd never watched the show before were saying how gratuitous the violence and everything like that was. That's the yeah. I mean, that's the funniest criticism of the show back in the eighties was that uh, all these. I think it was her name was Peggy Peggy Charon or something like that. And she was really against shows like He Man, which were based on toys primarily. Um, but one of her arguments was that it was an incredibly violent. Uh, show and it's like well if you if you watch a show it's really not it's probably the least violent show on tv ever mm-hmm. you know it makes like tom and jerry look uh you know <laughs> like it just it's, it's just ridiculous he man like yeah, doesn't even hurt a tree you know no can't even cut down you know a tree to save man at arm's life yeah in fairness, that one was talking. I think I'd feel a bit guilty about that one. But like <laughs> in like the Littlest Giant, there's an episode. Uh, Skeletor shoots a, uh, a ray, and Mrs. He-Man hits a tree. He-Man's first words: "You shouldn't do that to a living tree." And he's strained because he's actually falling asleep because he's got sleep gas. But that's another. That's another episode. We'll get to that one day. I'm sure we will. So the mystery of Manny Faces is written by Paul Dini. Um, just for me, Manny Faces was always one of my favourite figures. You know, I've always had the figures beside the cartoon. As we've discussed many times, you know, there wasn't a lot of the shows being shown over here. So just like with me picking up the He-Man figures, obviously similar to the Star Wars figures. Whenever you see new ones, you're like, oh, I, I must have that one. So Manny Faces is one that I particularly like just the the fact that you could change the Dallas head the, the unique action feature which was pretty much prevalent in all of them so 
Here we see Orko struggling with some helium balloons and Cringer. A little bit of a weird way to carry a carry a kick, I must say. I feel like he's being used somewhat. <laughs> well, the funny thing, um, what you said about Ma uh, Manny Faces, the figure. What I remember as a kid, what I was always fascinated with, um, because when the 1984, I believe it was, uh, Masters of the Universe annual came out, they had the it's, it's the first annual they did in the UK, and there was all these um, images of the prototypes of the figures. You had like prototype Trapjaw, Triclops, Faker. I think Trap uh, Teela was the other one, but there's also like Ram Man, Stratos, Zodak, and Manny Faces. Now the Manny Faces prototype looked like he did on the back of the card, but then the action figure looked very different to the way he appeared on the back of the card. And I was always fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. Is that they designed this toy initially, and he looked a certain way, and then the figure comes out and looks very little like the toy. Because I was, I was uh, like the prototype. Because I always thought the prototype looked uh, so much better. Yeah. But the cartoon based their model, as we see, on the action figure. Yikes! Obviously scaring him because the mean manny faces. Here he is with his monster face. And changing to his robot face and then later to his human face as well. And obviously you can see that he doesn't have his wee dial on the top of his head. Obviously. For reasons. Because he doesn't need to turn that to change his <laughs> face. I think they could have got away with putting it on. I, I presume at one point when they were designing the character they probably had that at the top. But it's like, well, it's kind of pointless. But, um, you know, I, th I think they could have got away with having it. But what's interesting about Manny Faces... As, I'll talk about one thing is that it, there's 130 episodes of Heyman and he appears in two of them and that's really really you know I think the character was amazing in two appearances he makes two really memorable appearances mm. in this one obviously he's the tortured soul we learn how he came to be a heroic warrior but in the shadow of Skeletor his acting talent extends to beyond his face changing abilities or the ability to put a giant Orko hat on um, in the mystery of Manny Faces, um, the Shadow of Skeletor, we see him able to like dress up as Beast Man and put and play the role of Beast Man. And it's fascinating to think, wow, this character's got so much potential when he appears in two episodes. Yeah, it's a bit strange. I mean, whenever you compare him with the likes of, you know, Stratos appeared in quite a few, but Buzz Off wasn't that um, used that much, really, in, in my opinion, as well. Well, no, no, a lot of those, it's funny, when you think of the series, like, cause I've got lists of character appearances, but when you when you look at characters like Buzz Off and Mechanic, they really didn't appear, in the, obviously they started to appear in season two, but we're not talking about, like, ten appearances, we're talking, like, six or five or four, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's quite weird, because you'd always think, oh, you know, I'm sure they appeared lots, but they didn't. And here's, uh, we return, because obviously they're in Evil Lynn's plot, the, uh, the widgets are back. Here they are. But we don't know these widgets because they're not uh, they're not Squinch Lara or Can Do. Mm -hmm. We get to see in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, I was I was like this uh, origin story. The man Manny faces is like this wandering, like I say, tortured soul who's got no home and uh, his only way of getting through life, or at least we see here, is to bully those li uh, smaller than him so he can get his own way. Yeah. Um, also with um, this episode we'll see him you know, going from being a bad guy to a good guy but obviously with him being a monster you can hear him like making lots of noise and growling etc you know making lots of monster noises which uh, you don't really hear him doing that much as a robot it mainly seems to be his monster and his human face that's right yeah I mean I, I think what they do really well is like if you would, if if I was working at Filmation in the 80s and they and they give you this character Manny Faces and you know there's not much to go by it's like okay there's a guy who can change his faces 
but I think what they do with the characters is really good like in in I think it's I think well I mean they, they, they did this in the 2002 cartoon series but it was the foundation was in this series is that when he's Manny Monster he's got really he's really strong mm-hmm. when he's the robot he's invincible and he's got like you know certain skills but like you know you see him later in the episode use his uh, uh, robot carrot personality to you know destroy this bit of equipment in the collector skeletal ship but uh, yeah, here we go so big pan and shot he's a big guy he was Zor- 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 the Falcon. It's a, uh, it's a bit of a weird thing. It's like, you know, Skeletor and Beastman are spying on the widgets, and it's like, oh, look at this guy. It's just as well Skeletor doesn't have a TV because he just seems to watch an awful lot on that, <laughs> you does. know. Bit of, a bit of a delay there, you know. <laughs> I always love the, um, the idea that, um, you know, that the view screen in Snake Man can be seen to do anything. You know, and obviously the question comes up, well, couldn't he have just watched, seen Prince Adam become He-Man? There's one episode that actually nearly deals with that, which is, I think, things that go bump in the night, where you see Prince Adam's about to transform into He-Man, but Skeletor breaks his view screen, and so he misses out on it. I it's- love that that image there of Zor, you know, sitting on the edge of the, the window, so to speak. Um, I think it's in this episode wherever we see Adam transform, and it's from Zor's perspective you yeah. know you just see the the light going a lot and i just think it's a fantastic use of oh, no, again the transformation yeah agreed i mean again you know like I talked about in the previous commentary certain things i remember as a kid um having watched the episode like once and this was one of them it was this shot of zora at the window and you see the lightning because it is such a striking image people probably just glance at it quickly and think nothing of it but it is a <laughs> it's done for a reason though it's obviously to show prince adam Oh, here we see the the famous bookcase with the sword behind. The first time in the series. Here we go. Just love that. It's it's a great it's a great image. But I think the main reason they do that is to not is they don't want to go for the effort of redrawing the transformation so you see him wearing his white vest as opposed to his pink jacket. He still yeah. has it on yet. But funnily enough, in Paul Dini's uh, Evil Lynn's plot, which was episode twelve, um, is it that episode? I'm trying to remember now. There's, I think it's in that episode, or it actually might be in this one. In one of his scripts, he states that Prince Adam's sword is, as I've said in the past, rather impressively under his bed. So instead of behind this magnificent bookcase with like a little uh, holdall mm-hmm. for the sword, he just like reaches under his bed and gets the sword out. That's just like to me, it's just bizarre. Like the fact, where are you heading to this early? Well, where have you been this early then, Taylor? Yeah. I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> That's very bit personal, real. Yeah, exactly. Here we are, back at the widgets again, all terrified. They have to get a bad rap, I'm a big fan of them, especially Lara, as you see here, where she's like, he's like, bring me something, I like to bring him a fast boot out the door. I love uh, Lara's dialogue. Here we go, spits it out, he's not happy with us. I don't want another slap. (laughs) (laughs) He's not our guest, he's a bully. (laughs) So feisty. It's, she's a great character. I mean, I've, I've seen um, sketches of these characters, and the way they were originally done was re- in the storyboards very different. Imagine Squinch with a beard in the original <laughs> storyboard. Yeah, in the storyboards, he's got a beard. Lara is a hell of a lot more like standard in her, her appearance as opposed to less voluptuous and you know passionate in her kind of you know expressions. Because here you see, if you look to the left, you'll see Lara all mouth. Ready? <laughs> Such a good bit of anime. And yet again, another use of blonde hair. 
Yeah, exactly. Another blonde character. I just so, think Battle Cat has a bit touch of lipstick on there too. His, his yellow lips, yeah. <laughs> when and where they could be both strong. The other thing about that that thing you just mentioned, where you see Battle Cat's mouth, is that sometimes they draw that same bit of animation with his whiskers or without his whiskers. <laughs> it's like they seem to appear when sometimes they would and sometimes they wouldn't. It's first time Manny faces and He-Man uh, square off. Yeah, that's, that's that's one of the rotoscoped things they did. With, like one of the, you know, you had the skeletal guy in costume, one of the He-Man guy in costume, and the He-Man guy in costume threw him over just like that. It's interesting uh, scene coming up where you see, um, I think it's in a few, maybe in a few scenes, you see uh, He-Man and Manny faces square off face to face. Mm -hmm. It's really weird because. You know, formation have a kind of a style, a way of showing characters facing one another. And if you go back to the beginning of this episode, you see Manny faces and Man at Arms in the same shot, facing one another. Like you know, so we get their profile. Never thought of that. Yeah, in this in this scene, you'll see He-Man square off. That's the part I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you get that. Them two squaring off. He-Man raises his fist. Bring it on, funny face. So he vanishes, and then I think. I'm not sure what shot it might be in the next scene. We see Manny faces a skeleton. Yeah. yeah, it's like a recurring, almost like theme they had. It's like let's let's have this shot in it quite a few times. Manny face off. Manny face off. Oh, you're a genius, Chris. That's what you should call it. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> so Act One ends, and uh, Manny faces is now. I like the way here we see. The, um, the collector eerily, I think it's slowly moving over, like the Widget Woods. That's like, a bit bit creepy. Yeah. We, uh, Squinch has got his. Uh, actually, I should mention about the, the character model for Squinch. Is in season two, they made him more. It's going to sound really weird. His proportions were more human, and there was actually a, a decision from the model department to make the characters less comical looking. Mm. It's really weird because they're supposed to be comical. Oh, and here. Sorceress appears in the script. It was originally stated that she is Zor the Falcon transforms into the Sorceress, thereby breaking continuity. You know, yeah. like, like I described, of Eternal Darkness. She breaks continuity, and um, in the notes it says something along the lines of this. You know, this needs to be changed because they they're not supposed to know that Zor and the Sorceress are one and the same. Yeah, but then isn't it true that the Sorceress needed the aid of something to actually transform yeah. into human form outside Grayskull? That's in. That's are you only ever for convenience. That's only ever in Origin of the Sorceress. She uses the crystal of, I think it's Alanar or Amanar mm. or something. And um, whereas here we just see her transform into the Sorceress without any kind of crystal. Although you can just say it's about her person or whatever. It doesn't oh, actually like go it. and help, you know, you to society. Know. I'll go back to Grayskull now. Well, what I like about that scene is uh, the Sorceress turns, flies all the way at Widget Woods, or transports herself, and says, "Oh, Castle Grayskull under attack." It's like, why did you leave? You know, he <laughs> <laughs> knew there was be the threat. Here's the other face-off, Manny face-off part three. Let me out of here. No one says no to Skeletor. Great little unnecessary but beautiful animation where he grabs his fist like a Skeletor. Like, ah. Here we go, Manny Monster. He's got the strength. Boosh, straight out. No one gets covered in glass either. <laughs> and again, yeah, this. Here we go, Beastman controlling Manny faces. This exact setup would be purposely uh, used for the um, uh, 2002 episode. I think it was a Monster Within where Beastman. That's right, yes. 
Yeah, Beastman controls Manny faces when he is in his monster guys. Again, you just stole that from the wo the words right out of my mouth. Oh, Every man. episode you seem to do that, <laughs> which is just it's, it's just so nice that we're both thinking the same thing. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> no, you're all right. But go. yeah, they, they they used that on the as you say they used that on that. Um, obviously, Beastman found it out by accident. Whereas in this episode, Skeletor said, "Oh, Beastman, use your powers to control him there." Oh, Manny Monster, little tear. He be sad. Here we see Castle Grayskull and under attack. So let's hope the sorceress. Yeah, it looks like she's made it back in time. She's all right. It's a weird so little yeah, pinball going on. <laughs> it's a weird little scene, this, because uh, his at their attack is just a bit, you know, a bit, a bit strange. It's like just keep attacking it with the collector. Usually they get out of the ship and then attack, you know. But Skeletor's pilot and the collector very rarely just see Skeletor in a ship, physically, you know, attacking the castle. He's always outside, like you know, on Panthor or whatever, mm -hmm. getting ready to um, bring down the drawbridge. And here we actually see uh, uh, Beastman doing something he, he did in Diamond Ray of Disappearance. He was in a hook and rope to, to penetrate Castle Grayskull. Yep. There he goes. And then heave ho. Well, the, the other thing that's mentioned that that design on the front of the castle. If you go and look at Two Save Skeletor, which is episode seventy-five, the one with Shigora. The design on the castle, that front, that um, emblem has changed again. It's like they couldn't figure out what it was supposed to be. I'll have to go back. I'll have to look at the toy one. Though. I can't quite remember what was. I'm sure that was there, but I don't know what it was supposed to be. Like the way the beast man keeps calling Manny Face a slave. Yeah. And it seems to be that it's either somebody's eyes or a hook is the best way to break into Castle Grayskull. No, right. no real big plan, but get a stranger with a bit of strength and throw a hook. That's it. Yeah, that's the hook you. and the rope technique is something that's always worked well for Skeletor. But um, yeah, all evil in eyes, as in Cosmic Comet. There's one of the few instances we see Beastman using his whip. Yeah, definitely. Oh, there's many faces. Oosh, straight to the head, man. Many missiles! Yay! <laughs> I do. It's, it's good the way they they play Manny Faces as this kind of troubled character, and it's like yeah, under yeah. the under the you know the uh, under enslavement by uh, Beastman. Oh, he gets guess what he's going to do? Throw him over again. Interestingly, here we see a spear coming short with like a diamond on the end, and we hear Teela, so we know she's holding it. But not at any point do you see her actually holding it. I'm going to probably eat my words there, but I'm pretty sure you don't get to see the connection we'll have to keep we'll keep an eye out now if suddenly she's holding it I'm going to be like oh I got it completely <laughs> a bit like her father in the mace really if yes. he has it then he doesn't then he has then he hasn't well let's have a look it's either she's going to be holding oh, oh, oh got it wrong eat your words <laughs> oh man I, I, feel like I think that's a I think that's a first that's a first that I think James E. Tuck has been wrong Why on this I show I could, I could actually just blame it and say, oh, when the UK aired the episode... Like, <laughs> Do you want me to edit that part out for you, sir? Just <laughs> mute like, that? Yeah, I'll mute that for you, don't worry. Ellen, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, it does happen. <laughs> so here we go. I like the idea that, because he transports Beastman, those two just put their hands on him and they go with him. And uh, <laughs> Skeletor's reaction here is awesome to behold. Just the way he sees, hey, man! <laughs> He's not happy. 
It's the way he sees him. It's like, is it? Are you sure it's you, He-Man? Yeah. Here's one of the rotoscope scenes where he's from that angle. See, look, Manny faces turns into a robot and destroys like a whole panel of electrical. Because I presume he's immune to it in that form. That's my guess. Whereas Very much like Roboto would be then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Here we go. Oh, we actually see the Abyss here as well. Still at this point in the series, they haven't finalized the design of the Abyss. So I think when he goes over the edge, it's Abyss. You know, it's an Abyss. Yeah. But in, in terms of design, yeah, it's not quite there. You can see, like, the green of Grayskull. But if you go and look into the Abyss and the problem with power and uh, visitors from Earth, they, they've got, like, the look of the Abyss just right. And of course, this is this is a... <laughs> I don't know if I'm, pre I'm presuming it's Paul Dini who came up with the idea, and I still think it's legitimately a good one. Is that how they name Manny Faces? Yeah. Because it is, it's, it is ridiculous. You know, the, the characters in He Man have got some of the silliest names. I remember it wasn't until years later, after buying the figure, that I realised that Mechanic was, you know, uh, just from Mechanic. You know, I was like, oh, I, I see. I, I never thought of that either. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the base of it. It's like Mechanic, and it's like, oh, Mechanic. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, of course, the way they name him is just the end of it, you know, is Orko making a joke, which he is prone to do, you know, like in a lot of the episodes whenever they're rounding up, you know, in many talents and many faces. Oh, it's just coming up. But yeah, so it's just, I just, but I also think it's like, it's believably done. It's like, we shall name you Manny Faces. It's like Orko's dialogue is quite genuine. Yeah. Although he never had a real name, my friends call me William. <laughs> that works for me. I like many faces. <laughs> hey, I like that. It's like what? Uh, no. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Does that mean I'll appear in loads of episodes? No, unfortunately, it doesn't. <laughs> well, many faces, but not many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> not too many episodes. Yeah. Here we go. This is a, I, I like this little ending. Is that flashback was so long? And here we get loads of cameos. The sorceress, yeah, Lady Edwina from Creature of the Task Force. You can see her on the right in the purple dress. Ram Man, Randor and Marlena, obviously. Stratos is there as well. Stratos. We also see like the, uh, there's like a regal looking guy next to uh, Teela. But I think that was in the that was oh there, she, there he is, regal dude. Regal dude. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame uh, regal dude didn't appear in more episodes, but. As as episodes go, I, I just really, you know, that's. I was Paul Dean had like a way of writing episodes. He'd either write character-driven episodes, really character-heavy, like Teela's Quest, Prince Adam No More, whereas or he'd write other ones like action episodes, but that were just really beautifully done, like Mystery Man he faces, Evil Lynn's plot, um, and this is just one of his uh, less character-driven ones. Even though there's the moments of Manny faces primarily about action, it's a really, really good episode. Thank you very much once again for coming on, and uh, this was one of my picks, um, Mystery it's of Manny Faces. Yeah. yeah, just like uh, I just, uh, as I say, I've loved the Manny Faces one. So uh, thank you once again, sir, for uh, sharing an insight and that bit of mechanic knowledge was probably the highlight for me. I never actually thought of that before whatsoever. Well, I just hope I'm right and that they're not people listening going, what is he talking about? He's, he's called Mechanic because he's Mecha Neck. And I'm like, no, I think it's because he's Mechanic. But, you know, time will tell. Exactly. So thank you once again, James. Thank you for having me.
And so there we are. That's the mystery of many faces covered. And I uh, hope to see you all next month for another bonus episode and another full episode. So uh, until next time. Let the power return.